Hello, gals, gays, and theys, and welcome to Drag Nabbit, a podcast on all things drag brought to you by your favorite off-duty drag queens. This week, we are continuing our coverage of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 15. That's right, and I have to ask, are your affairs in order? Because on today's episode of Drag Race, we're taking a little trip to the afterlife, as envisioned by drag queens, on a reality competition show. And, well, if that's heaven... I'll take my chances on the other place. Hell? Actually, I believe in the singularity, but you know what? That's not what the children are here for, so... So saying hello from the other side, I'm Syzygy. And I'm Portia Control. And this is Drag Nabbit. What's that song? <laughs> the All-American Rejects? Yeah, it's very... <laughs> That's how I feel about this episode. Oh my god, I can't. (laughs) On our last episode, and pretty much on all of our coverage of last season, we couldn't help but drive home the point that everything about RuPaul's Drag Race felt... long. With 90-minute Ruper-sized episodes of the main series, plus a 30-minute Untucked after show, we were subjected to i mean treated to two hours of drag race content on a weekly basis however for season 15 in addition to the network change over to mtv the main series episodes have been cut down to an hour reactions to this change have been all over the place from the drag race fandom portia i'm curious do you think this change hurts or helps the show yeah i it's It's really funny for me because when I think about the show being 90 minutes long, I don't have a great reaction to it. The show became 90 minutes long, I think, in its initial move over to VH1. And it, I think initially there was some nice stuff because they could include some additional moments within the workroom and some of the drama and stuff. Um, And I do think in that pivot to VH1, it was also like truly mainstreaming the series for people. And so having some of those moments to like educate people who don't have as much knowledge of like the queer experience or drag experience, like it was, it was a moment. And I think it did bring like a lot of Emmys like were brought in because of that. Um, however, I think for those of us who've been veteran fans of the show, are steeped in the culture, et cetera, like it just felt like it was bloating the program. I think back to some of the earliest seasons, like those episodes were an hour long, right? And they were chock full of goodness mm-hmm. within that hour. So I, I'm torn. I am Natalie and Brulia torn, but I think ultimately... I am like, I'm falling on the side of, I think that having an hour long episode that's like nice and tight and well edited is actually better for the show because you can get rid of a lot of the unnecessary rigmarole and just go straight into the good stuff. I will also Mm. say and hold space for the fact that this last episode, given the number of contestants and given the fact that I think the editors were still kind of editing it like it was a 90 minute show, like we spent a lot of time on that personal drama, between, not personal between them, but like the conversation that was between Malaysia Baby Doll Fox and Mistress Isabel Brooks talking about their upbringing. 
and like it just of which neither went home so right. i felt so like it was, it kind was of a waste correct it was very it was all set up with no payoff right and so um you know for me i think that that sort of stuff hurts the show when it's in an hour-long format and so i'm hoping that moving forward that the editing team will be aware of oh we actually need to edit this in a different way so that we can do things like feature um the segments of the challenges and like any of the really extremely relevant story beats and drama because otherwise like again it's going to feel rushed but those are my unvarnished thoughts what do you think sister i'm inclined to agree with you uh looking at what was lost we lost the mini challenge and the private judges critiques Mm -hmm. which in my opinion um i skip those anyway when i watch the episode (laughs) i fully will scrub through those i don't care like here's the thing when the judges do critiques on the runway that's Mm -hmm. all that needs to be said i don't need like another five to seven minutes of them, okay, just between us girls, to then just repeat everything, but also maybe, like, little tiny hints of, like, their overall performance. I don't need that. Um, yeah. I, you already said what you said, Michelle. And also, um, it was very refreshing um, to have uh, T.S. Madison in the third yes. seat of the judging panel. Agreed. And that's not to say I don't love, you know, Styles. The hilarious Ross Matthews. Or the hilarious Ross Matthews. I love both of them, and I think they're both great judges. But I love T.S. Madison more than every other judge combined. Um, I would agree. So, it's... I, I, I do agree with you. I do agree with you that we're really not cutting out that much essential stuff. And I do think that the editors need to take a second look because when we have that moment with Mistress Isabel Brooks and Malaysia Baby Doll Fox, while I do think what they were talking about was an important dialogue, mm-hmm. be it a dialogue that we've brought up multiple times. times throughout the Drag Race uh, yeah. cinematic universe, um, it's still an it's still an important conversation. However, neither of them were on the bottom. I don't understand why the producers brought this up to them. Um, it, it felt like, hey, look, the bitch you left, I'm, I, no more tears left to cry. But, the, you know, maybe she should have had like a moment to talk about something. Girl, I, I agree with you. I will say the one thing where I would say we deviate is the mini challenges i find them i mean i i understand that they often don't like determine anything for the show and in fact in the first mega sized episode the two winners of the mini challenge ended up being in the bottom and one of them got sent home sure. um but a lot of times the mini challenges for me are a very fun distraction from like the main storyline that's going on and they're usually really funny and like, I love when they have to get into quick drag and they just look a mess and they're doing silly. Like, it's just very, like, let's humiliate these girls on screen, um, which probably says more about me than it does about the show. But at Ooh. any rate, um, I do find those to be fun. And it is funny because people were saying, like, oh, well, you know, they cut out the mini challenges. This is unforgivable. And I'm like, girl, let's go back to season 14 with our long ass episodes there were a bunch of mini challenges that did not happen either, Correct. including there was no reading challenge because it was so bad that they didn't even air it. I By actually, the way, I'm 
I would really like to revisit some of these recent reading challenges because it seems like they're cutting them out frequently. Like last season, there wasn't a reading challenge, right? Well, they filmed it, but they didn't hear it. Because it was so... It was atrocious. They also did the same thing. Do you remember season 12? Instead of a reading challenge, they did the infomercial thing where they're Mm -hmm. supposed to read each other. And supposedly, um, some of the girls were like, oh, it was so bad. And I'm like, oh, you mean Sherry Pie won? Okay. Awkward. Yeah. So, you know, I think in general we're aligned with with a little bit of little bit of differences, but you know, as as sisters, as professional women of the world, we can have this discussion. Our eyebrows don't (laughs) they are not sisters, they are not twins, they are strangers in line at the Chipotle. (laughs) Um but you know another thing that is is heating up in this discussion so i've seen a lot of this discussion about this hour long episode drama um and i think another thing that's sort of throwing you know kerosene on this fire is an, a running assumption by people who watch the show that these episodes which may have actually initially been cut at 90 minutes were actually then recut for an hour in order to serve as a lead in to what I'm going to call the ill-advised real friends of WeHo reality series um, that gives me kind of like the real housewives, but with gay men in West Hollywood. Um, Do you agree that, do you believe that in this tinfoil lace front theory or do you disagree? And even though it's not drag, it is drag race adjacent since it's next to the program and features former RPDR judge and choreographer Todrick Hall. Um, will you, Sizzigy, be watching and or rooting for this show? First of all, I would like to thank you, esteemed panel of judge, for that lovely question. Um, I am contestant number 23, representing the Great Lakes state of Michigan, and I will not be watching (laughs) and let me tell you the women of the peninsula of (laughs) the women of the peninsula there's two of them there's two peninsula that's right peninsulas um here's the thing here's the thing let me tell you girl um one not only does it feature todrick it also features jerry's canada current judge brad goreski and looking at the cast um here's what i'll say I feel like you should own property or rent or live in WeHo Ooh. to be a real friend of WeHo. And as we know, Todrick was just squatting in that mansion that he did the Correct. YouTube tour of. So I'm a little curious. Not um, even paying rent, mama. Not even paying rent. He can't even pay his dancers oh. um, or his drag queens, Manila Luzon. Um, here's the thing. They did, they have kind of mentioned that they're trying to build on the momentum and Mm -hmm. the viewership and interest of Drag Race to support this show. But looking at the cast list, it's a bunch of nothing burgers and butterfaces. And, oh, so I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to be that girl, but I do not care about any of these people. I don't care about a reductive version of Real Housewives. Yeah. And in reality, even though I abhor Andy Cohen, if Andy Cohen will do a real friends of whatever, of, more of power Chelsea. to him. But of don't try to, don't try to copy off that man's dumbass concept for the, this is stupid. Cancel it. It's, it's a one season thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, 
I, I think part of what drives this narrative is the fact that um, it, from the very beginning, like even before I think the season aired, MTV was packaging this as get ready for a full night of LGBT content where it's Drag Race followed by Untucked, followed by the real friends of WeHo. Um, and I guess they think that this is what we want. Um, my question is who actually wants this? Because if you, I, I mean, it might just be my small circle of people that I know in my world, but like nobody that I have spoken to is excited about that series. No one gay or queer that I, definitely no one queer and few to none of the gay men. And there's a distinction. And if you don't know friends, please research a little bit on the difference between those things. Um, but very little of them are actually interested or excited about that program. Like queer people or gay men behaving badly on television. Like one, it's been done Two, It's not that exciting. Three, like, I don't, to your point, I don't think any of the people on that show are that, um, captivating that I want to see them for an extended period of time. Like, and we also have, well, you weren't there that day, but I have interviewed Todrick Hall myself. And while he is a nice enough person, like, let's just say the elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor. And okay. I'll leave it at that. You know, I did miss that interview, but I did interview him when he was doing the... Oh, that's right. The uh, waitress thing. And, you know, I am inclined to agree with you. Mm -hmm. That elevator stops after the mezzanine. Yeah, it's like, you know, it stops at like women's intimate apparel or like better sportswear and then doesn't go any further. On today's main challenge, the contestants split into three groups to create an infomercial promoting the afterlife. It's an odd challenge for sure, but certainly not any more strange than the myriad of other tasks the dolls have been put through. So let's get one thing out of the way. All of the infomercial skits were, in Porsche's opinion, not good. With the exception of Team Anitra, who would have been safe in any of the other versions throughout this series. Um, so with that being said, who was your favorite performer and why was it Sasha Colby? <laughs> I love it in my opinion but I put in your mouth um, so it sounds like we might disagree a little bit which is fine um, yeah I just and maybe again it was the editing and the fact that they had to rush through all this stuff <clears throat> but even thinking about the reactions that the judges had like and again I know that it's all very highly edited and forces not forces but like very much influences the way that you perceive how people did but like you could tell that team Anitra had the most successful of the three because the judges were laughing there were moments there were bits um and even i think some of the editing was better like in those than the other two but then the other two just felt messy and super repetitive um and so for me yeah i just I, I like Team Anitra. I, I stand by what I said. I think that they would have been, if there was another group that they were going up against in a different season, it would have been a safe performance. 
to middling. Um, and then, yeah, it was Sasha Colby. I mean, she was fun. She was funny. She had her little bit. Um, you know, Michelle loved directing her, which, I mean, if you get Michelle on your side, like, Michelle's not making the decisions, obviously, Rue is, but I think it's, you know, it's a good way to shoehorn yourself in. So I think it was very smart. Um, but yeah, I think it was Sasha. I will also say, and I will give her some credit, where credit is due, I still don't like the bitch. But Selena S. Titties did not do a bad job this episode. She managed to keep the volume level under control. And I think it's just the affected voice. Honestly, everything else I don't mind. I don't mind her aesthetic. I don't love it personally, but I get it, right? Like that is a valid aesthetic. That is a real aesthetic out in the world. Um, But she actually, you know, did a good job filling in as like the person who was sort of dazed and confused and, you know, getting the, the tour of heaven. But those were my thoughts. What do you think? I would just like to say thank you for, <laughs> for being a friend. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> for seeing the truth. The light. Um Selena Estides delivered a it was a great straight an man performance. performance. Ah, it was a wonderful straight man performance. I she she took me through the journey. I really liked some of the comedic moments she did have. I liked some of the softer moments she had. She had levels. There were mm-hmm. peaks and valleys. And it just made me love her even more. We'll talk about her runway later. Um, Ooh, but, yeah. I think um, that kept her out of the top, if we're honest. You know, really looking at it, because Lux was also in the top. And I don't think Lux did a bad job, but Lux didn't do a top performance for me. Mm-hmm. Um, they were really like scraping the bottom of the barrel if that was like the other top. But Lux's runway was to some accounts better than Selena's. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Sasha's win here um, is huge for her because we already know that her pageant experience is going to help her excel in a myriad of other challenges. But mm-hmm. in these acting challenges, this is a place where some of the more serious girls with right. drag can really struggle. Right. Um, because they can't get out of that professionalism and like just go mm-hmm. with it or be able to make fun of themselves. They can't not be beautiful. Mm-hmm. And Sasha doing this, um, it's it's very similar to, even though I don't like her, uh, very similar to Trinity. Like Trinity mm-hmm. was able to showcase like her her goofy side and her and her acting talent. And I'm very excited for Sasha Colby. Yeah, I, I with this, I am excited and happy and do feel that she has what it takes to get all the way. Like she's gotten over what I would do your point. I think she's gotten over what her biggest hurdle would be I for agree. sure. Yeah. Now, regrettably, we must also discuss some of the other choices that were made by Team Amethyst and Team Leftovers. Who from the other teams should we publicly shame for either their performance and or look during the infomercial challenge? Wow. How about you start? Um, okay. So uh, Portia wants to open with cyberbullying uh, <laughs> after the break. Uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, I wasn't blown away by the remaining two performances. Um, but what I will say is that Team Amethysts tried. Yeah. It was cohesive, 
mm-hmm. and it had a point of view, and it they tried. Yeah. However, team leftovers proved why they were the leftovers. Yeah. Um, I personally and here like obviously seeing some of the girls really really struggle, and then knowing that Malaysia and Mistress had, um. Uh, had that dialogue during the makeup uh, trauma section. Yeah. Um, I fully expected Sugar to be safe and the other four girls to all lip sync for their lives. Mm. That would, in my opinion, that should have been the outcome Yeah. for me. Um, especially considering that for all of the shit, like, I don't want to defend the white girl. I really don't. No. Um, and I... I like Sugar, but I don't like her that much. But, yeah. like, here's what I'll say. Like, some of Sugar's recommendations I felt were, one, problematic. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't like the idea of calling um, any black woman cracked out, pers- personally, for me. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> that's just for me, though. Uh, but, <laughs> but secondly, we know that taking some of those uh, big divas and making them messy didn't work high to what was that what was that short girl in season four kenya michaels when she did beyonce little kenya michaels little kenya michaels we remember we we know that it's not really like a character that was funny Mm -hmm. um so i don't think that her ideas were the greatest but she was still giving them ideas to make it more interesting Rather right. than a one note thing. The other four girls decided that sugar was just too much and they mm. needed to take control. And this right. is what we were delivered. All four of those bitches should have lip synced and Robin and Jax should have been sent home. Yeah. I um yeah, I think that leftovers I think that they were ill served by a couple things. One, like obviously they all walked into it feeling excluded, right? Because they were the girls who were not picked, who were then put in group. And then unlike Amethyst and Anitra's teams, who had people that were selected as team leaders, like they were a leaderless team until Jax decided to sort of step up and be there. But they had already done a lot of stuff up until that point. I'm with you in that I think Sugar has some... Um, at least she had some ideas that were like coherent and could have taken them somewhere. And yes, they were not all great. And some of them were problematic. And I think they could have, however, I think they could have been refined and turned into better. Refined sugar. Refined sugar, honey. Here we go. (laughs) But then it was, it was really painful to watch that group in particular as they were recording. Um, You could tell that it was not, there was no narrative. There was no through line. It was just a bunch of weak jokes. And then Sugar was, I think, trying to then overly sell it, right? And really go up hyper into it. And no one was going with her, right? No one was going. You have to have someone to volley with you for that stuff or else it will never land. And so it was just she was operating on one wavelength that everybody else was somewhere else. So that was really uncomfortable. I will also say, in addition to like having some somewhat problematic ways that she's approaching the material, I also think that like the problematic straight white girl trope thing is also kind of tired, right? Like, I get it. You can use it as a way to be funny. And like, I, I do think to some degree, I think we're kind of seeing the limits of sugar and spices uh, creativity, right, or their character, um, but 
Yeah, I just, it was, it was rough. I will say I do appreciate that they did call out that Malaysia looks like Silky Nutmeg Ganache and Eureka, or sorry, uh, Isabel looks like Eureka based on their drag. But there is no way on God's green earth you would ever mistake Jax for Shangela. Sorry, ladies. Or Robin for uh, Jada. No, not Jada. Jada Essence Hall. Yeah, I was going to say Jaden Dior Fierce, which is also not right. But um, why is Jaden Dior Fierce on my mind? I don't know. Well, because her last she, name is Fierce. And she also needs to be on All Stars, which is not what Robin needs to be on. Oh, ma'am. Oh. But here's the thing, y'all. Um, we do believe in the power of redemption. Oh, yes. Um, and uh, looking at this shitty ass runway, I think that the only thing we can do now is take a look at the. <laughs> I meant to say the shitty ass challenge, but I said shitty ass runway. In my I opinion, mean, it was a little shitty. It um, gave me poor Kate on those days. Let's see if any of the girls have managed to save themselves with their presentation. Um, now that the real friends of WeHo have cut the runway down to a minute 30, um, perhaps the presentation will save mm-hmm. them. Because as the great Jasmine Masters would say, girl, because of that gown, you're safe as fuck. Iconic. Give Jasmine Masters her flowers. <laughs> we needed to throw that in there. So as as we have done in the past, we're going to hit them with the runway rundown. And tonight, the theme on the main stage is Metallica. Mm. Uh, so let's start with Miss Anitra. What did we think about her look? The jacket was beautifully made. Mm-hmm. And that's all End I have to statement. say about that. Yeah, I agree with you. All the work was in the jacket. The other thing is the bodysuit. Here's the one thing I'm going to say about Anisha that gives me some pause. This is now what her third or fourth look that she's come or that we've seen her in in drag. And even though some of the colors and stuff are different, I'm getting a lot of repetition. It feels yeah. very same, same. She paints her face the same way every time. The looks are very reminiscent of each other, even though they're not exactly the same. And so I'm starting to tiptoe into, is she going to come across one note or be painted as one note later on in the season? Mm-hmm. What she does, she does well. So I'm not trying to give her a knock, but I am worried about the future of Miss Anitra, just based on this. I agree. And when we look to the future, we have to start reading some auras. Tell me about Aura Nayar. <laughs> Um, I think Aura looked really cool and I'm glad that she didn't come out in all black. This was a very beautiful, right, groundbreaking. This was a beautiful look. This was made by Drag Race Thailand contestant Bunny Be Real. Or no, Bunny Be Fly. Bunny Be Fly, yeah. Bunny Be Fly. Um, and I just, I do love some of the artistry and the colors. I, I do think it is, it's just a bodysuit with some additional things, right, in the grand scheme of things. Um, but I think she looks very stunning. It, her presentation was awkward, though, when she was out on stage doing all the... I don't know if there's, like, a reason behind that that I'm just not aware of culturally. Um, um, here's the thing. As a Filipina-American, I can tell you that there was no culture in that. Okay, um, great. It was... Uh, I was like, know? was I just racist? <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yes and uh-huh. um, I think I, th- I think you know her mindset was like she kind of looked like um, a Power Rangers villain like she gave Rita me Rita Repulsa it was giving yeah. me Rita Repulsa's like like little sister like her, her drag her, her daughter um, I think that may have been the choice for the character I love that she came out in a bunny fly costume I was a big fan of bunny during her season uh, also because I thought she was the prettiest um, Ooh. I the other girls are quaking. I kind of love that, like, Bunny is having this, like, resurgence of notoriety with, like, doing these really cool costumes for Drag Race Girls. Um, yeah, she's done a bunch. Yeah, she did Jan's All-Stars mm-hmm. promo look. She did, um... She did uh, something for Blue Hydrangea. Blue Hydrangea, um, Kendall Gender. She did, um, uh, Irene's... Not her promo, but the the premiere look um Mm -hmm. i'm i'm very excited um am i super excited about this look not this one in particular but you know what it's not black right speaking of black how's about jacks (laughs) (laughs) wait was i just racist (laughs) why are you Um, we're going to skip that, and we are going to be talking about the issues of racism within the Drag Race community <laughs> and podcast hosts next week. Um, let me tell you what I think about that. Um, her performance in the episode aside, if I'm just looking at this look, here's what I like about it. Jax is doing a really cool cosplay moment of Jax mm-hmm. from Mortal Kombat. A yes. lot of girls are inspired by Mortal Kombat, and... I think it's wonderful right now that queens are able to cosplay because they're on MTV. They're able to, co- and we have budget. They're able to cosplay as like trademarked characters. Right. And I think that's really cool because so many queens in the past, like uh, uh, Jade. Dax exclamation point. Dax exclamation point and Jade. What was that girl's last name? Jade Jolie. Jade Jolie. Um, they're also cosplay girls and they mm-hmm. weren't allowed to bring their stuff right. and that really hampered them. So I love that Jack is able to. My only critique is that um, sitting next to the other girls that went for like very like mirror level yeah. uh, metallics, I would have chosen a different uh, spray paint for the yeah. armor. Um, I agree. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm with you. Like, love that she did a video game character. Love the Mortal Kombat reference. Mm -hmm. And I don't even think it strays that far from the theme. Like, if you look at the game character and you look at what she wore, like, she actually does have a good amount of metal on her. But because it wasn't a metal that had a luster or sheen to it, it didn't quite read, right? Read metallic, even though it was metallic. Um, I think that's the thing in my mind, that sort of separates a good cosplay from drag, right? Like there is, there's a bit of that sort of uh, yes and component to drag, right? That elevates it a little bit higher than what it is. And I think Jax just went too literal. I agree. What about another doll born and raised in Connecticut, Lucy LaDuca? (sighs) Okay. 
Lucy looked really good from the neck down. But we need to have a conversation about that wig because it immediately made her 50 plus years old. I do not know why she thought she was going to come out here wearing a fucking Mamie Eisenhower wig and trying to get away with it. Ladies like she's from the future. We here at Drag Gambit do not condone Miss Portia Control's racism nor her ageism. But please continue. <laughs> But I, I loved the outfit. Like, it was cool. She was giving me this, like, future, like, C-3PO glam bot sort of moment. That was cute. But I just, ooh, the hair. Like, it was a no for me. Interesting. Just for the hair alone. Um, what did you think? If I'm going to be honest with you, Gal, I forgot. Yes, she's about, very forgettable. Um, I, I forgot about this look. Um... Looking at it again, it's it's pretty. Yeah. And that's all I have to say about it. It's pretty. It's not that exciting. And honestly, I think the only reason she ended up in the top was one, I do think she had a pretty outfit on. And two, was her uh, Dolly Parton impression, which... Aud- audibly, that was Dolly Parton. Visually, not that. Oh! Sorry about it. The wow. wig needed help. Girl, let girls be poor. Damn. No, Portia. it's fine. Let it's the fine. dolls be poor. <laughs> and trying to not tiptoe back into racism, let's talk about Lux Noir London. Why are you doing this to me? Um, let me tell you about Lux Noir London. Um, beautiful, beautiful silhouette. Um, beautiful girl. Great eye for fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to see her um, her fashion design skills when we inevitably get to a fashion design challenge. Same. Because um, that's something that I always like. Whenever I see a fashion girl, I'm like, okay, but can you sew? Um, mm-hmm. Or are you a model? Or right. are you a stylist like uh, Judy yeah. Jambalaya? Um, <laughs> girl. The, the thing I really liked about this look was the silhouette. What gave me pause was, again... Um, a lot of other girls went for high reflective glass-like fabrics. Mm-hmm. This one, it, the material looked a little bit like those um, those Isis wings you can get on Amazon. Yes. It just wasn't my favorite material. Mm-hmm. But if it's a material issue, I understand that um, fabric is very expensive. So right. I don't fault her for that because it's a beautifully tailored garment. Right. And sometimes... It can look better in person than it does on television. Correct. So I, I want to give her sort of a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. I thought she looked beautiful. I thought her face, her silhouette, the hair, just lovely. And I love that color of gold. That gold on her skin was just popping. Mm-hmm. So for me, beautifully rendered look like you. I want to see what she can make when it's time to actually make something. And I hope that she is a good uh seamstress um but yeah definitely did a good job i think that this is an instance where her outfit fully put her in the top because to your point earlier her performance in the team anitra gig was cute but like it wasn't you know it wasn't top tier performance material with her being that therapist i completely agree um Let's talk about another doll. Malaysia baby doll box. 
I think Malaysia looked beautiful. And I like that she had the metal stuff around her for some reason. And maybe it's, I think it's because the metal things were added to the outfit versus being part of the outfit. Mm. It didn't read as much metallic to me. Like the under, the underpinnings of that outfit were like the white or silvery kind of fabric. So I didn't quite get metallic out of this. I'm not sure how you feel. I'd love to hear. I I can definitely see that with the chains, it would have been nice. Um, you didn't really see the chains continued in the back, nor were they continued to the floor. It would have been nice to either have a very clear distinction between a chain bodice or had the chains be completely around the garment. What I will say, though, is I understand that the girls only have eight suitcases this season. Um, hmm. And... Hey, post-COVID, we are both women of size. So you know what? <laughs> Our outfits are just way bigger. Okay? That's um, true. And that I, outfit can crumple into a ball. <laughs> what I will say, that wig is so fucking cool. She looks like it a Sailor cool. Moon villain. Yes. I live yeah. for that wig on uh, Malaysia. The wig is cute. The wig is super so cute. cute. And coming up next to the stage, we have... Marsha cute. Oh my god, Marsha. Okay. I really like that <laughs> conceptually. She was like she obviously the prompt wasn't Metallica that they were given. They were no. probably given medals. Um yeah. everyone's like, well, why didn't more people do Metallica like rock looks? And I'm like, because that's not what it, they were given. Yeah. They didn't get they never get that that specific of a prompt, really. This one, I really like that she was like, oh, I'll be the Tin Man, and then the Tin Man is rusting, and like mm-hmm. have the rust. The downside is the rust didn't really read metallic. No. Um, and the big... It just read like a flat bronze. Very, uh, exactly, a matte bronze. It looked dirty. It didn't read, and I think the problem was we didn't see enough of the silver. And how would you combat that? Let's look at All Star Detox during All Stars Two. Detox painted her entire body silver. Marsha right. needed to step outside of the box and paint her body silver with this right. little rusting. Uh, yeah, that would have been outfit. cute. That could have been really cute, but I don't think Marsha's another girl that. I understand her talent. She had some zits on her, but like she's always kind of got to be pretty. I agree. Yeah, I th- now thinking about that, what you just said, like it would have been so cool if she had come out in in silver paint and mm-hmm. then had the outfit that was not even fully rusted but rusting, and maybe even the skirt could have like little mm-hmm. holes in it. Like you know, sometimes mm-hmm. when when statues rust, like sometimes they'll they'll have little holes in certain parts away, of. Yeah. I think that could have been really cool and like a moment. But yeah, it was definitely safe. Like it wasn't bad. I don't think she looked poorly. I just, yeah, it was definitely one where it was like, you know, thank you and next. Also, I'm looking at this photo. Is Jax not wearing a corset? Um, Probably not. Send her she home. Didn't wa- she didn't wear a corset on the challenge. Send her home. She didn't wear a corset or titties or really any makeup. Security. <laughs> Anyway, sorry about. I don't know why. Like, I'm. We're looking at the photos, and that just suddenly. Oh, that scared me. Um. Okay, Mistress Isabel Brooks. Let's talk about her. I didn't love this look. Um. I appreciate what Mistress Isabel Brooks is and what she brings to the competition, and that she is 
she goes there in terms of big she gives you all of that this did not i don't know it just it looked weird and ill-fitting for me like from my perspective i was not a huge fan of this look face hair perfect but the look just did not come together for me i i regrettably have to agree with you here um from the like literally from the bottom of the dress to the top i love it it's very cool love the proportions love love the fabric love the design but i i like that she's a big girl who's wearing like a little cocktail dress but the downside is just that there's so much at the top yeah i felt very bare yeah and, and she feels shorter Mm-hmm. Even though her hair is very high, she feels shorter. Um, I loved that giant. Wherever she got that giant chain from, do do an outfit. That was good. That. Make that, that into good. a bikini, girl. I would have loved to yeah. see her in that. Yeah, but not terrible. Just wasn't fully giving. Spe- speaking of people that aren't fully giving, let's talk about Princess Poppy Ooh. and her two hundred dollar corset that she bought online. Oh, um. All right, all right. Let me tell you about this one. Apparently. Um, according to Roscoe's, she had sourced a different outfit, and as soon as it arrived, like, obviously the girls have a short amount of time, mm-hmm. when it arrived, it was not in a reflective enough material. Oh, no. And so this is a last minute switch. Right. However, I mean, you know, fool me once, shame on you, but girl, this is the same Thing that she's worn four times in front of us uh you know who she looks like nebraska Ooh. nebraska thunderfuck yeah i could see that yeah. for sure yeah it's it, yeah to your point it's just it's very unfortunately like and this is sometimes just luck of the draw like it was just very repetitive we have seen the silhouette of bare shoulders no skirt or barely there kind of skirt to show off her legs. I will give her credit that this time she came out in a blue wig. So that's different for her from what we've seen on the (laughs) series thus far. But yeah, just, it was, it was fine. And this is, this to me is like perfect, like drag hostess outfit. Like you are hosting a show. You may not even be performing in the show. Like you're just on the mic talking and introducing the other girls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But for RuPaul's Drag Race main stage, not it. Our next girl, we're going to go ahead and skip. So, uh, <laughs> Portia, <do> you... <laughs> uh, I, I am just kidding. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, coming up next to the stage is the incomparable, the stunning, the interesting Robin Fierce. Girl, you're just mad because you are not a Best Buy Total Tech Rewards member, and <laughs> she's not selling you a TV and drag. Um, I did see on Twitter the other day a photo of her, like in like her Best Buy like polo shirt with her drag, mm-hmm. you know, face and stuff. And someone said, "You know, she runs that department like it's the fucking Navy." And I was like, "That's probably true." Um, <laughs> Robin, sweetie, darling, love the color, love the spear of Leonidas. Like the wig. Did you have a good time? (laughs) Because outside of that, I was not living for this look. It was 
yeah, it was just very blah to me. I think that this is a lovely dress for her. <laughs> we I, are damning with faint praise on this program I, I today. I think it's befitting. Um, Ooh. What I will say, that hair is real fucking cool. The hair, the hair is fun. Yeah. The hair is fun. I'll give her that. Um, I also just don't really know what she was trying to go for. Like Atlantis, Sparta... Wakanda, like where are you coming from, girl? I don't know. Does it she felt know? all over Connecticut. the place. Connecticut. <laughs> the great state. The great nutmeg <laughs> The nutmeg state. state of Connecticut. Oh my God. All right. And now to go to <sighs> like to hit a completely different part of these United States, Selena as titties. Oh no. Okay, Portia, you know I'm a big fan of this doll. I'm aware. I love like everything she does, I love her. It's... Let me rephrase that. Everything that she says i love okay her fashion choices and i are there's a generational disconnect Mm. and i think that the disconnect um is so deep at this point that we are reaching the heat death of the universe oh no here we go um this outfit heading towards the singularity yeah (laughs) heading towards the singularity this outfit there's a lot going on I don't think she knows what's going on. And here's the thing. It I could have lived with it because it's like, okay, this is a fun, campy, weird, dumb moment that's going on in her, her wild mind. But when she turned around mm. and her bob wig had chains connecting it to another like 40 inches of fake tracks going the down. Ponytail, her back, the ponytail collaboration. I, no thanks. I didn't feel safe anymore. No. No. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like I think the idea the idea was interesting, right? Like metal, I'm going to do a street sign and represent where I come from. Like that is a good idea. That was also not a good outfit. Like she had the metallics of the street signs and then she had this giant metallic thing underneath it. I feel like she needed to do one or the other, but not both. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I think that would have actually helped it. Like, if she had come out with this Estides Boulevard across her chest, and, like, it was, like, a bikini made out of that shit, mm-hmm. I would have been like, that's fucking fierce, dude. Right? But no. And then this lamp on top of her head giving me uh, Delta work <laughs> from from that challenge where they had to do stuff drag on a dime. Do you remember? I do. I do. Where she was like, it. I'm Kwanzaa realness, girl. Which like, she suddenly, with, with no explanation. That, see, that's a problem with one-hour episodes. We didn't know that Delta was going to do a Kwanzaa look. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's, that's deep from the archives, everybody. If you haven't seen that one. Go check go, it out. Go back and look at it. It's a good episode, uh, Cycle 3. Here's what I will say about that, that headlamp, though. Remember, the girls only have eight suitcases. That means that she, there is a Garmin sitting at home on a Stitties Boulevard that she said, <laughs> you know what, I am not going to take this, but I am going to take this. But bring lamp. me the lamppost and the ponytail collaboration. Thank <laughs> oh, girl. No. Oh my God. Speaking of, of beautiful lights on this runway, talk to me about Sasha Colby. I feel like I'm about to take a hammer to an icon, but. Stop. I, I love her. Don't do it. 
I didn't love this look. Yeah, like it just feels done. As someone who has been to a lot of drag pageants, as someone who has been uh, witnessed a lot of Miss Universe and those kind of you know beauty pageants, there are variations of this look that are done to death. Sort of this futuristic drag space hyper chicken and on the one hand i love it and appreciate appreciate it for what it is and on the other hand i'm like it's kind of done did she look beautiful yes do i have to love it no and i know that she has a lot more in her so i'm happy that she won i'm happy that she's still regarded as beautiful this look just was okay for me here's what i will say um, Portia, your resume is growing. We've gone from racist, classist, ageist, <laughs> colorist, anti-Latinx to now transphobic. Transphobia. So thanks so much, Portia, for telling us and showing the world who you are. <laughs> this is this is that one episode in which Portia gets canceled. <laughs> fully it. canceled. They're going to be looking back through these to the archives, the little Twitter girls. They will find right. this episode run the receipt, and you will be canceled. Here's what I will say. Um, is this a groundbreaking concept of, like, the showgirl uh, bird thing? No. No, not at all. But I do like that it's metallic, and she turned these things into feathers. Um, and she looked beautiful. So she's showing, she's giving, she's serving body. And I enjoy that. Agree. But she's still my winner. So let's not go on on record as any of those hateful things. Uh, And last, but certainly not least, we're going to talk about Spice and Sugar as a collective until one of them fully differentiates from the other one. So what do we think? Oh my God. The costumes are beautifully made. I love that the girls have a point of view. They have this 2000s fashion, Xenon girl of the 21st century. I love that Spice brought out that robot dog that everyone had to have back in 2001. Loved that. The downside is, you know, these girls really, it's clear that they designed them or had them commissioned within the same household. Oh, for sure. Um, And at this point, looking at their wig styling, it's sort of like every week, are we going to get, you know, these little, the same wig? But Spice's wig has strings pulled out in it, and Sugar's wig is like fully brushed. Like, is that just the concept? Yeah. Um, that's my thought. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it... Um, so here's where I think the twins do themselves a disservice. I get that they're supposed to be variations on a theme, right? And that, like, one of them's the edgy twin and the dark twin, and one of them's the light, sort of fun, bubbly twin. I almost would love it more if... They were two extremely different styles that just happened to have the same face. Like that, I think, would be a gag. Mm-hmm. If they came out in a similar or exactly the same face and then their aesthetic was completely different. Not, mm-hmm. you know, similar aesthetics, but just color choices. Um, but yeah, they 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 don't they, but they certainly don't look bad, right? Like I think that their outfits are cool, they definitely fit the brief, they're on on theme with with who they are. Um, but yeah, it just, it makes it, and I think that's why I said what I said, like, I think it just makes it really hard to judge them as individuals because it's clear that they've gone into this as a unit. So we're going to get a lot more of this 
throughout the show. So what it'll really end up coming down to, quite honestly, moving forward, is if one of them bombs a challenge or not. I'm curious to see what'll happen if they have to lip sync. Well, I'm going to be honest with you, Gal. Um, I don't feel glowing after this run. (laughs) After this runway dialogue, there's a lot of girls to get through. Um, That's true. But you know what? We are going to get through this fucking show close and take this episode home. The judges decide correctly that this week's challenge winner was Sasha Colby, which is very correct. However, do you think that anyone else might have deserved the top spot over Sasha? No. Great. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, looking at the other tops, Lucy, Lux, and in our hearts, Selena. No, I, I don't. I don't think that anyone had that same moment that Sasha had. No. Yeah. No one else gave me the TP. The total package. The to- <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, well, with her win, with every top. There must be a bottom. And this mm. week, both Amethyst Hallelujah. and Princess Poppy duke it out in a lip sync for their lives with two very, very different styles and approaches to the song. Um, Amethyst Shantae's, while Princess Poppy is asked to sashay away. Do we agree? So here's where I might get a little controversial. Here we I, go. Actually, I actually thought that Princess Poppy had more of a fun lip sync and the way that they were editing the lip sync, right? So whenever we watch these, usually the girl who goes home is almost always dictated by the song choice because there's almost always Mm -hmm. a song that better fits the physicality or style of one of the two bottom two girls. And then if we're not certain, right, or if it feels like it's a relatively even match between the two of them, this was a day in a raw song and these are two white girls, so... By all rights, this is up for grabs. Amethyst has already been in the bottom once. Although her look in this challenge particularly suits the Diana Ross aesthetic with the big hair and the gold sort of lame and the whatever. Um, But then Princess Poppy, they just kept featuring her because she was doing all this stuff that was different, Mm -hmm. right? She was going back to the girls. She was doing all these crazy little trick, you know, splits and dips and backbends and whatever. Um, So I honestly thought that Princess Poppy was going to stay. I thought that that was going to be the tea. Um, And then when they said the Amethyst was still staying on, I was like, wow. So I think it came down. My my tinfoil lace front theory is that it comes down to one of two things for that. One, because it's Diana Ross and because we know that RuPaul is very, very protective of Miss Diana Ross. That's like her favorite diva ever. Like, she didn't think that Poppy was giving the song sort of its respect or reverence that it needed for her diva. That could be one thing. The other thing is, and we did not learn this until Untucked, that Poppy was like, oh, well, you know, if I go home tonight, it's fine. Like I've accomplished everything that I want to accomplish in drag. And I was about to quit drag before I got on the show. And I auditioned one last time and was like, well, if I get on, I get on and I'll do my best. But, you know, once I'm done with this, then I think, you know, I'm happy with, my drag career up until this point. Oh, wow. Yeah. So for me, 
it's a no that sealed her fate um yeah yeah i'm with you i really did think that she was going to be the winner of the lip sync and i I have heard a lot of people like say that you know you don't do that to a diana ross song like etc etc here's my opinion don't fucking put diana up for lip sync songs then jesus like Here's the thing, like if, if you are too precious about your divas and you're too precious about the musicality and you think mm-hmm. that some things quote unquote deserve respect and are therefore there's no opportunity for levity or for humor or for interpretation, then I don't think that you, that's a good lip sync song. Agree. Or like, okay, you know what else? Um, you know what else uh, shouldn't be joked about? God. Well. And the divine right of heaven, okay? If we're going to talk about sacred stuff, I mm. find the whole episode to be satanic. To be offensive. Offensive. To be offensive. Um, that's and with, what I'll say. And with that, we can add anti-Christian to the things of this episode. No, become... anti-Christian. Portion control. Um, Thank you. Uh, but you know what? Knowing that that's what she said in Untucked, this makes sense. She should. I wish the girl the best. So, um, same. I still think, in my opinion, I still think that it should have been a four-way lip sync between Robin, Jax, Malaysia, and Mistress. Mistress, based yeah. on the challenge. I'm shocked that it wasn't, but I do think that the judges are also saving Robin and Amethyst for this. Former, former lover storyline, and I gotta be honest with you, that boring former lover, lover storyline is the only interesting thing about the pair. So I agree, boring as hell. Yeah. So with that, Princess's line of "Good luck, losers" <laughs> during the PE style uh, challenge to pick people uh, comes back to bite her in the ass. Which you know, I think the minute she said that too, and Rue said it could come back to haunt you. It certainly did. And that was yet another reason why she's out the door. So with that, we wish Poppy well in all of her future endeavor. Because apparently she's quitting drag right after this. At a girl. <laughs> future endeavor. <laughs> well, <laughs> until next time, I'm Sissy G. And I'm Portia. And this was Dragnabbit. <laughs>